0: This is exactly right.
1: Hi. Hello. And welcome. To. My favorite murder. Hometown minisode edition. edition. <laughs> <laughs> 2018. Right. Where we read you back your stories from your hometowns or whatever, something like that. At this point, it's just all over the place. It's branched off into so many, like the, like the branches of a mighty
0: oak. Mm. It's gone in every direction. Mm -hmm. You can send us, you could send us a hometown about how you stick your razor blades into an old fashioned, Mm -hmm. um, mirror thing in your bathroom and they go into a wall. And we might read it because we're interested in that yeah as well as hidden rooms and as well as your cousin's best friend who was murdered we want to know about the fucked up shit in your life right to a degree are you ready for this one (laughs) i'm ready because the subject line is you're right if you walk your dog in the woods you'll come across a dead body no hello ladies Parentheses, and Steven. First of all, I have to say that I'm a huge fan of both of you. I knew it would happen to me the instant I moved to a small town and got a big dog. She gets right into it. Or he. Hell, it's the beginning of every Law & Order episode ever. That's right. My husband and I started taking my 120-pound mm. oh That's more than I weigh. Just kidding. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> Why, that's more than that's... I weigh. <laughs> um... The dog's name's Groucho Barks, by the way.
1: Amazing. Come on. Love
0: it. That's made for Georgia. Yes. Um, on lovely walks in the woods. The day it happened, it was a beautiful snowy New Year's day. We decided to take the pup on a walk, pup on a walk up a back wooded trail. (laughs) You lost Karen.
1: (laughs) What? You lost Karen already.
0: (laughs) Uh, that is, uh, unless it's in Newfoundland. I wonder if it is. Um, That leads to a local park. I'm just saying it's not a puppy. It's clearly a humongous... Right. What kind of dog is it? I need to know. Okay. (laughs) This wooded trail runs parallel to the Missouri River and is beautiful and scenic
1: and right next to a scary-ass shack Mm -mm. that we dubbed the Murder Shack. How come everyone else gets shacks and we don't get them here in California? Um i think that that the
0: second there's a shack someone throws in some linoleum and they're like hey mm. rent's a hundred <laughs> you know one thousand million hundred and fifteen dollars get three roommates move into this shack okay we start off the walk as always. And after a fashion, we let the dog off a leash to stretch his dog legs. <laughs> Wouldn't you know, old boy instantly leaves the path and runs on over to the murder shack. Being a couple of fools, we decide to follow him and embark on our own little Scooby-Doo adventure, style adventure. I round the corner to find my dog rooting around <gasps> the remnants of a campfire. Uh-uh instantly the idea hits me that we might actually come upon a hungover homeless person who would be pretty pissed of us tramping through his stuff i grab the dog leash get him back up and the hell out of there when i see it no about six feet from me was a body of a man face down in the (gasps) freshly fallen snow arms by his side feet twisted around some roots I calmly asked my husband, who was looking into the window of the shack behind me, (gasps) if he has his phone on him, and could he please call the cops because that's a fucking body.
1: Oh, my. It should
0: be noted that at some point in my panic, I actually called out to the body in a shaky voice. Hello, sir? Hello? I'm not exactly sure what I had meant to accomplish. I guess in my mind, I really wanted to make sure he was dead and not just sleeping in the snow. (laughs) I don't know. I'd never come across a dead body before and wasn't exactly sure what to do. I figured I'd try the polite route. He didn't answer. We make our way back down the trail. I called the non-emergency police line. A sweet lady answered the phone and made me repeat myself a few times. A body? (laughs) Yes, ma'am. A body. Did you say a body? Oh my God. (laughs) Um, before she asked me my information, we only had to wait a few minutes before a slightly uh out-of-shape cop showed up and was visibly annoyed at having to ho- walk through the woods in the snow. He sighed loudly as he asked, well, how far is it? Oh. After the affair, he took down our information and- on I shit knew you not, the back of a Mediacom envelope. Ah, small towns. That must be like DirecTV yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, we never actually heard what happened to him because it was never in the local paper. About a month later, a dude in a bar with a police scanner had heard the whole ordeal. What? I love it. Grassroots. Uh. Um, apparently, the poor man was a known drug user, was in and out of rehab, in and out of jail. And. Oh, that's it. They have since plowed down the murder shack. Stay wow. sexy. Don't get murdered. Keep your dog on a leash. And if you walk the dog in the woods, you will find a body. Thanks for the fantastic podcast, Jamie. Oh my God. That's so scary. That's, I mean, even, even if he tripped and fell yeah. and died in the snow, yeah. it's horrifying. Yeah.
1: It's horrifying. Like the thing of like, for people like us and we're like, I'm going to go in the woods. I bet I'll find a body. And then it actually happens. Totally different story. Has to be so jarring. And, like, surreal and and
0: frightening. Yeah. I feel like very quickly after I realized that's what was happening,
1: I would be convinced that yeah. the killer was Standing behind, behind me. me. That's yeah. why I was, like, non-emergency line. I'd be like, <laughs> fuck, and, like, running. Massive emergency He's line. He's still there. Yeah. I know. Holy shit. I know. Okay. Well, <clears throat> are you ready for... <laughs> Our dad found the body and almost peed on it. Oh, okay. So a little light. Something a little Just light. Just something fun. Something to end in lightly. Okay. Hi. My sister and I are loyal followers, longing for each new podcast. Thank hmm, you. That's nice. Here's our hometown murder. Our dad is a veteran policeman, now retired in Pueblo, Colorado. In December 1999, our elderly great aunt called dad worried about her friend Lucille Pearson missing after not returning home from a local shopping trip. We knew something was up because dad was avoiding her questions. He usually spoke pretty freely. Wait, dad was avoiding probably our questions. He usually spoke pretty freely. Lucille had been caring for a teenage grandson uh-uh, who had some issues and no one felt it was a good situation. The grandson's friend agreed to help in the investigation and this led police to some private property southwest of town. Dad volunteered to go up the hills to help with the search because he had four-wheel drive. They spent a couple days, drained a little pond, and searched a campsite. They found a fire ring, some small pieces of scorched skull, but nothing <laughs> they could test DNA for as the sun was setting the last day dad broke off from the group to relieve himself before the long drive home just then he looked down and saw a displaced rock where he was about to pee it was Lucille's pelvis and her heart was lodged inside what wait what exclamation mark oh did someone put it there I don't know he almost peed on what was left of her body! Oh, exclamation that's mark. horrifying. Now they had <clears throat> the physical evidence to prosecute the grandson and his friend for murdering, dismembering, and burning the body of my aunt's friend. Recently, we learned Dad was the one to find her, and it was actually kind of funny how he shared, in glorious detail, how close he was to urinating on this poor woman. Sometimes you just gotta laugh. <laughs> I didn't say that's She wrote that. Yes. SSDGM, Phoebe and Laurel your favorite murderinos. Oh, well, we never talk about that, but that is the,
0: like, it is pretty horrifying that cops, their jobs. Yeah. Whereas like our job is to like read these things yeah. and talk, be funny and say funny things to each other, whatever their jobs are to go and experience the
1: worst that humanity has to offer repeatedly. They need to find evidence that people are the worst fucking things in the goddamn fucking world. you got to go out of your mind without humor.
0: Yeah. And you have to like, and also just looking, like they're looking for, they know they're looking for a dead body. Totally. They're walking around looking for the scariest thing you could find. And if they
1: don't find it, two monsters probably will just live the rest of their lives free. So like, and that's terrifying. And also they'll, terrifying. they'll get shot on. You know what I mean? Right. It's like there's
0: <laughs> so you gotta have You got you gotta like be able to tell some stuff at the dinner table
1: right. or you probably like drink yourself to death. Totally. Or... Oh man. So go ahead, law enforcement.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> You'll finally have our permission, the thing you've been waiting for all this time. Be lighthearted <laughs> and free. Your family. Now the subject line of this one is my grandpa almost killed someone, the fishing pond pervert. Mm-hmm. Good evening. This is my hometown, but this is not my story. This is the story of the time my mom saw her dad almost kill a pervert. My parents grew up on the south side of Chicago, where nature is hard to come by besides a few of the nastiest and most likely radioactive fishing ponds you've ever seen or smelled. Mm. Wanting to teach his young children some outdoor skills, my grandpa would take my mom and her brothers and sister to go fishing in the ponds when they were maybe five through eight years old. They went almost every weekend, but um, but soon those innocent fishing trips turned dark when a mysterious old creep would reportedly find my eight year old mom and try to lure her into his car with promises of ice cream. Oh, God. Yeah. After a horrific incident where he revealed himself to my baby angel mother, she used her murderino instinct and told my grandpa about the pervert. My grandpa, angry and horrified, found the man by his car, grabbed him by the neck, held him there for about two minutes and shouted, if you ever come around here again, I will fucking kill you. Now... It may not seem that crazy of a punishment to whoever would do a gross thing to a child. But for my extremely old fashioned, devout Irish Catholic family, you know, this shit was real when grownups dropped the notorious F word. Am I right, Karen? Yes, you're right. (laughs) Anyway, the fishing pond pervert was sufficiently scared to death and was never seen there again. My grandpa is a calm and mild mannered man. But if you fuck with his kids, he will fucking kill you. Thank you for helping me through the absolute darkest and most lonely time of my life. I was suffering severe workplace sexual harassment when I found the podcast two years ago. Your badass riot girl attitudes and humor have inspired me to fuck politeness and get justice for my harassment, go to therapy and to kick off my comedy career. I hope we can cross
1: paths someday. A. Oh, my God. A. That's incredible. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well done. Well done. Badassness runs in your family, it sounds like. Yeah. Okay. What do you have? It's kind of long. Okay. So get in here, but it's funny. (laughs) Dig in. Dig in here. Get comfy. So this is from Brendan, Brendan B., whose photo is very sassy in his Mm -hmm. email. It says, Hi, Georgia, because he sent it just to my email address. I don't know why. My friends and I are big fans of your podcast, listen at work, blah, 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 blah. My best friend told me I had to email you. At first, I thought, like, I have nothing to say. Then I remembered back in 2006, I had one of the most weird weeks of my life. It's a story I've told over drinks a lot, um, but I love to stretch it out. Let's see here.
0: I'm like that, Brendan. I'm the same way. If I have a story that would take a normal person three minutes to tell, it'll take me 15.
1: And people will love it. And you just dress
0: it up and you flourish and you add shit. This is why we're
1: podcasters.
0: You pause. (laughs) You, you, You just... You maintain attention for as long
1: as humanly possible. You're a fucking storyteller, man. Yeah, that's right. It's good. All right. It was probably around summertime, and I was still a smoker, so this was a long time ago, as I can't remember the last time I bought cigarettes. This guy who I had a huge crush on, who now in retrospect probably only wanted to be just good friends, was kind of a sporty guy. He liked to hike and rock climb and other such stuff, like you do when you're obsessed with someone. You pretend like you like those things, too. (laughs) Yep. That's right. Oh, that sounds like a... I would never... That sounds like a nightmare, dating a sporty person.
0: Mm, I had lived through it for five years. Shut up. I married it. I pretended I like camping for five years.
1: Oh, Karen! It was
0: hard. You sacrificed yourself. The first time I told my sister and Adrian I was going camping, Adrian just fucking turned on me like a viper and goes, (gasps) Camping? Are you kidding me? Camping?
1: Yeah. They knew. They knew you were trying to be someone you're not. It happens.
0: It happens. Um, This is from my podcast, Divorce Corner. (laughs)
1: Guys, find find someone with similar things to you. Yes, don't ever pretend, especially camping, because then you're out in the dirt. But you know something about like hiking and 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 like biking and camping and all this outdoor shit is like you feel like you're supposed to be doing that. Like That's that right. feels like they're vegan. You're like, yeah, I, I should be vegan too. I've always wanted to Like I knew I should go vegan. I know I should hike more and exercise more. But like, if you're not that fucking person, you're not that person. Also, we're like. I'm sorry, but I will watch, I will watch
0: 25 movies in a row. It's what I love. Yeah. I want to talk about it. I want to make them. I want to watch
1: them. Some dick who walks uphill in boots isn't fucking better than you because of that. <laughs> you know? Who do you think you are, campy fucking dick? <laughs> Sleep on the fucking ground. You know that there's room service in hotels? And no snakes? And no, no snakes. Not one snake in a hotels. Pool. Just like last time I went camping, I like slept on a yoga mat in a fucking you know, sleeping bag. It's Ugh. rough. It's rough. Why stuff. would you don't do that? Who are you trying to prove? Your boyfriend. To. The yeah. guy you don't really are that into. All right. Da 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 New Jersey. <laughs> mm, let's see here We got lost Sorry Brendan I'll let you tell the story yourself He asked me to go hiking With him one morning And I remember I had to borrow My friend's Timberland boots So mm-hmm. that It looked like I knew The proper footwear to wear Oh bad start One guy tried to take me um, Hiking once on a date And I was like And I got there In my whole like Get up And I, and then I, we walked And we passed a bar And I was like Let's go drink And I made him go drink with Did me Did work? Uh huh Oh thank God It's great We had a pretzel And we drank Fun Because I can't No way Let's see here. We were hiking for what seemed like hours. And truth be told, I think I was this just there. So occasionally we could mess around and make out. At one point, we were scaling over a very large boulder in the middle of the woods. And when we came down there, underneath was a radius bone. I don't say this like I'm a smarty pants who memorizes bones in the human body, but I do remember in high school, just like everyone else in science class, we had a life-size skeleton that we would use to learn the different bones of the body. I remember that the radius bone is the bone that connects the wrist to the elbow. It's not exactly something you expect to see in the middle of the woods, but it's also unmistakable. And first, we went through the motions of "this is not real, this can't be happening." But it dawned on us more and more that this is exactly what was happening. We were several miles in the woods, technically the middle of nowhere, and after a little digging, noticed that indeed we were standing on the remains of a decomposed body. Oh shit! It was so decomposed there was there wasn't really even a smell. And I may just note, and may I just note that it was not easy getting. Here to this place, we were. I had to physically push myself to get there, but mostly I did it because I was trying to impress him as we scaled rocks and jumped around the forest like guys do. Guys who like to mess around with guys who are kind of sporty. <laughs> get, Brendan, we get it. Brendan, <laughs> love you. This guy's probably fun to hang out with. He huh? is the best. Yeah. The rest of the He's story. flourishing. Yes. That's why he, we know he's one of us. I bet he's not dating a fucking sporty guy anymore. The rest of the story is kind of a blur even though it took the rest of the night. Neither of us had a cell phone and we knew that it would probably be difficult to find our way back here. At first we considered leaving and just pretending like we had not discovered this body. <laughs> always an, always an option. <laughs> sure. But the idea honestly is something I knew I would haunt me for the rest of my life. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I can't help myself. I have to do the right thing. Eventually what we did eventually What we did was he left me there with the skeleton and he found his way back to his car and he called the police. Fuck. That had to be a rock, paper, scissors moment, right? Yeah. Who gets to go back to the car? And who gets to stay with the skeleton? You're holding the skeleton's hand. that's so sad. Sorry. Um, An hour or two later, he came back with the police and we were questioned and fingerprinted. They said that somebody would be coming out to talk to us again about the situation. But for now, please try not to tell many people. It was honestly one of the most bizarre nights I've ever experienced. So they, we don't find out who the person was or that like if no, he ends it at the end. But no, I'm sorry. You okay, okay. Okay. Yeah.
0: Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant like perfectly scrambled eggs?
1: Oh, my God. Yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's
0: secret ingredient
1: her promo code space 80
0: goodbye okay the subject line of this one is my summer haunted uh my super haunted summer camp okay because you were the, on the last time you were saying you wanted a haunted one that's right ghost stories please and this is left over from um the medford um hometown okay. so cool. hi karen georgia steven elvis mimi dotty frank and george wow first off i love your podcast can't wait to see you in medford in october how was it? My summer camp is a sleepaway camp in Western Massachusetts in the absolute middle of nowhere. Um, we're on a mountain in the woods with the nearest town having 140 people in it. Oh there is no cell service, and so it adds an extra creepy factor when I listen to your podcast In the Dark in the Woods. <sighs> there are a bunch of ghosts on camp, um, but usually they show up in the off season when the kids aren't on camp they keep saying Hmm. on camp
1: Hmm. oh that's like when people from the east coast say on get online yeah when they're saying get in line yeah that's right um, dummies. No. What about the word at? <laughs> okay, there is the kitchen ghost in the director's
0: house in the winter. The people who have lived there going back 10 years have said opens the door, walks in, mm. and puts its groceries away at the same time every day, but when you walk in, there's no one there. Mm. There's also the ghost in the middle girl's unit that shakes the bunk beds every few <gasps> years and will uh, bang on the walls, scaring the total shit out of the campers. Yeah. Um... We also have um the ghost called Horrible Hannah, and she burns down a building on camp every seven years. What? Yeah. But the ghost that prompted me to write you was one from this summer. In the middle boys' unit in the middle of the night, when it was pouring, two counselors, Sam and Jack, fit fake names um were woken up by what they thought was one of their very homesick campers crying they decided to let him cry it out a bit and see if he would fall back to sleep Uh -uh. until they heard him say help they locked me out and i can't get back in so obviously they both hopped out of bed and one of them went to open the door sam let him in and felt him brush by him and get into bed and both Jack and Sam heard him say thank you. Sam turned on the cabin light to help the camper get back into bed, and there was no camper there. No,
1: no, 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 no.
0: There were also no wet footsteps on the ground, despite the fact that it had been pouring for hours, and all the other campers, including the homesick camper, were fast asleep in their beds. <laughs> uh, Jack told everyone on camp the next day and totally said he wouldn't have believed it if it wasn't for him, and Sam both having experienced it. It didn't happen again, but everyone on camp can't stop talking about it Ugh. thank you so much for reading this sorry it's so long and thank you so much for being so open about mental health i've been getting more open over the years about my mental health struggles but listening to you to talk about yours has helped me continue to talk about it and helps to end the stigma jillian it, and in parentheses it's um just said like Jillian but spelled with a g <laughs> uh, <gasps> oh my god is not a good ghost story that's
1: scary when children when it's ghost children who are crying oh yeah goodbye goodbye Ugh. what happened why is that energy trapped in
0: that cabin oh why is it crying why is
1: it crying and you just let it in yeah. now it's going to stick with you forever that's right until you meet a priest <laughs> okay uh last one. Hey MFM crew. Hey. Then it starts. We're in it. <laughs> In it. <laughs> Last episode, Georgia read the hometown about the girl getting stabbed in the face by her sister, and Karen talked about how kids do things just to see what happens. Mm-hmm. Well, as a lifeguard for five years, I can definitely attest to that. I worked at a private summer camp in Connecticut, where the schedule would allow each camp group to come into the pool for an hour a day. The kids would come over in shifts and regroup by age. Um, blah blah blah. Well, in the- uh, in the four-year-old group, there was often quite a few kids who weren't strong swimmers. They would stay in the shallow end of the pool and usually just sit on the stairs with their legs in the water. This included one boy, one four-year-old boy by the name of Logan. Now, Logan was an interesting kid who, despite being four, had the personality of an eighty-year-old man. <laughs> Cute. Oh, he asked a million questions about what it was like to be a lifeguard and often took it upon himself to inconspicuously push the other non swimmers (laughs) from the stairs into the pool just to see what would happen. And that's in quotes, just to see what would happen. Yeah. Oh, Logan. Since he himself couldn't swim, he was curious as to what would actually happen (laughs) if you ended up in over your head. And on many occasions, we had to ban him from the swimming pool for (laughs) attempted drownings. Oh, no. (laughs) Logan. As fate would have it, karma came for him when one day as he was walking around the edge of the pool, he fell in himself, Uh sinking like a rock to the bottom. I quickly jumped in and pulled him out and he was so shocked that all he kept repeating was, I drowned and you came in after me and pulled me up i drowned i drowned oh no Now logan was only under the water for approximately three seconds (laughs) so he had to assure his mother at the end of the day that he did not in (laughs) fact drown needless to say he never pushed another kid in the pool after that yeah he learned that's right stay sexy and teach your kids to swim before sending them to camp with a pool jill
0: oh Logan. Little Logan. I mean, I know that people would interpret that as that he was a homicidal, child. Right. But I absolutely was get just that. He curious. He wanted to see what it would look like if he fell in, right. how scary that would be, what would happen to his body. I'm going to try this on other people before I yep. attempt it. They're fine. Yeah. I don't want it to happen to me, though. Real people don't have feelings. At this point, I would just like to, to make this note. Yeah. Okay. My sister says this all the time because she is a grammar school teacher. <laughs> she, uh, she one time at a at end of school, um, a school year party at the mm-hmm. public pool um, standing around and looked down and there was just a kid at the bottom of the oh pool and fully dressed, my sister <gasps> dove in and pulled this kid out which all is, right. if you know my sister my sister brought hot rollers to Ireland so she is all about <laughs> outfits getting ready, being ready she doesn't want to dive into the pool for any reason no. so when she told me that story I was blown out but just remember when children drown it makes no noise yeah it, they it there's no splashing there's no it it just is silent and quick so so i just think that's a very interesting detail that's a great that's a great warning as summer is right around the corner please be uh all eyes and aware um <laughs> and also if there's a logan in the mix then you really got to keep your eyes open keep
1: your kid away from Logans. <laughs> that's our that's our advice to you uh send us your stories my favorite murder At gmail.com. Dot com is the real one. That's right. But thanks for listening.
0: Yes, and thank you for
1: sharing all your stories. We love them so. We love
0: them. Uh, Stay sexy. And don't get
1: murdered. Goodbye. Goodbye. Elvis, do you want a cookie?